All right. Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news, where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'm your host with the spirit of the radio, <laughs> Andrew Price. Subdivisions in the high school halls. Subdivisions in the shopping malls. Conform or be cast out. Tyler Palo. You have entered the twilight zone. Beyond this world, strange things are known. Use the key, unlock the door. See what your fate might have in store. Kelby Joseph. Fly by night away from here. Wow, wow. Change my life again. Banana. Fly by night, goodbye, my dear. The ship is a coming and I just can't pretend. Julia. And Dad Beats, aka Canada Dad Beats. AKA Kirkman Chan. Dad Beats. This was all just an excuse so you could sing. I feel like actually slowly every episode is also becoming an excuse for him. <laughs> just a sing. reason to belt yeah. out a tune. Well, two things can be deal. true. I love to sing. I love to and hear you sing. And of course, I'm going to make every opportunity to like play songs and sing things. I even specifically asked when I talk when I'm talking with some of our advertisers about doing ad reads because you know they have all these rules of yeah. like if you don't do it right, you don't get paid or whatever. You have to say the name t- four times and all the. And I was like, I was specifically like, if we do ad reads and if I sing something, is that going to be a problem? But this actually wasn't an example of that. This is an example of something that I'll get to in a second. But uh, I kind of shot my shot already with mm-hmm. the Rush yeah. episode. There was just no more good ones. So this time I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to sing lyrics. They're all good ones. Good ones in terms of like they fit as like a description of a person. Mm-hmm. So instead I just sang songs. And I literally just added this one for Julia right now. All this to say, first thing to talk about. Usually we don't put a celebrity death up front, but I'm going to quickly jump into it. Rush drummer Neil Peart, dead at 67, passed away from complications due to brain cancer. He retired from Rush in 2015, uh, citing mounting health issues, ending his 40-year performance career. And on January 7th, he passed away uh, in Santa Monica, California. And I I just want to quickly read uh, something I wrote whenever I found out he died. So this is just something I posted 2112 changed me when I heard it. first heard it as a kid. I was so fascinated with the idea of an album that told a story from beginning to end, and each song not only delivered a part of the story through the lyrics, but also told parts of the story from different characters and different perspectives. The music reflected the moods of the themes and desires of the characters, and certain musical motifs represented different ideas. This eventually opened me up to a larger framework of storytelling through motifs that exist in music all around us dating back to classical and Baroque music. And it's the reason why I have to listen to an album from beginning to end and can't hear it out of order or just cherry pick songs. There's a meaning and a significance to that track order. Rush's albums were my Rosetta Stone for that concept and I think really, and I think really ex- inspired and informed how my creative mind works overall. In high school, I wrote and directed a rock musical called The Katana of Rock that was about a young farmer who heeds the call of the hero's journey and goes on a quest to defeat a darkness spreading across uh, his world and save a a princess. The story was told through 10 original songs that I wrote and recorded on a four-track recorder. In addition to the obvious inspirations of stuff like Star Wars and Legend of Zelda, the uh, musical was pretty much just me trying to make my own 2112. That album really inspired me. Neil Peart uh, was not only one of the greatest drummers who ever lived, but all of that power that came out of that album, as well as any of Rush's uh, other progressive masterpieces, came from his mind as the sole lyricist and songwriter for the band. Dude was brilliant. R.I.P. Katana of Rock is the most Andrew thing I've ever heard. Yeah. That could not be more on brand <laughs> if you tried. That phrase is just marbled throughout my life still, because 
bunch of passwords that I have or that and a bunch of uh Ooh. yeah Whoa. hey nothing, now. nothing important much. you want to okay. yeah my my bank <laughs> password is no uh, <laughs> um email addresses that I still use and mm-hmm. stuff like that but yeah is uh sucks yeah he's classic uh classic rock god so what was he still kind of bumping around making music I mean rush like it said like rush was touring full time like up to this day up until 2015 they oh. st- they still tour but they they have a, a live drummer now up until 2015 since they sort of formed back in the early 70s they've been touring non-stop ever since up until 2015 when he retired they're one of those touring bands i think they, the last album they put out was in like the early 2000 earlier mid 2000s but they just they just tour and perform all the time and they'll probably just keep doing that until I feel like once if once Getty, Getty Lee dies, yeah. it's like this isn't Rush. Yeah. So before we get into the, the the news stories, just wanted to quickly touch on this. You know, this is something that's been happening for a long time. Uh, obviously, we're all aware of it, but uh, you know, there's there's always that moment whenever it really kind of happens for real. Basically, the the last death rattle of physical media. You know, movies mostly. I guess this also extends to music, but that's not really part of it. So the story is basically, uh, in the last decade, the U.S. market for physical discs has gone from a more than $10 billion, bus- $10 billion business to a roughly a third of that in terms of consumer spending, according to data from the Digital Entertainment Group. Studios aren't ready to give up just yet. Two major players, Universal Pictures and Warner Brothers, have proposed an unusual plan to stay in the business of selling shiny physical discs. The studios on Wednesday announced a plan to team up on a joint venture that, if approved by regulators, would handle North American distribution for DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4K UHD discs for new releases, library titles, and television shows. The idea is to combine resources to continue selling discs while saving money. The joint venture is expected to operate for up to 10 years, according to a news release. This pretty much puts a timestamp on DVDs, Blu-rays, and uh, any kind of physical media for movies in general. It's like... 10 years from now, this is going to end. And then by that time, physical media is probably just going to be a thing of the past, like fully. It kind of already is, but like to the point where it's like my son's children just won't even know what it means to like have a thing on a disc and put it into a machine to watch a movie. Yeah, I wonder if that all of a sudden though comes back around where like, you know, vinyl's a big deal. And now, you know, cassette tapes are now considered cool. And yeah, that's very niche, and that's all secondhand stuff. But at some point, I've wondered if they're like, oh, I, I found this Blu-ray in this cool vintage album store that also sells movies, and it becomes, uh, it becomes, a, it becomes a, a, a thing now to be uh, praised. I do like like in the future when like some young kid finds a 4K DVD and it's like, this is how it was supposed to be seen. <laughs> yeah. They meant it like this, guys. You guys are all watching it wrong. Yeah. It's it's terrible. Stop making plastic bullshit that we don't need. <laughs> Just cut it all out. Go digital. Have everything online. Eventually get rid of everything physical. We'll upload our bodies into a cloud. It'll be perfect. <laughs> wow. I you mean, just solved everything in the world right I, there. I, my my knee-jerk reaction was to disagree with you, Kirk, and then I realized as you were talking that you could be right because yeah. the thing about vinyl, and actually vinyl isn't even niche, Um Vinyl, what was the story? I wish I had like... Yeah, they make new vinyl now. Well, I wish I had had the pre-thought to like look this up, but there was a story recently that like for the... In 2019, I think it was like vinyl outsold CDs for the first year ever or for the first year since the last time it did. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about vinyl, the thing about records and the reason why those have come back and become popular is to a certain degree, it's companies sort of like capitalizing on and exploiting Mm -hmm. this sort of like fad. 
But the reason why people like vinyl and and like to collect records is because the sound quality is objectively better than a CD mm. or an MP3 or the normal musical distribution sources for music. Yeah, it's better. Uh, it's uh, and then you have like you have like high quality digital formats like Augs Vorbis or lossless quality where like that's that's the best possible mm. quality it can be is like this archival lossless digital file. Yeah, but the normal distribution of music, which is uh, listening to them through streaming services, which are in you know a, a, a format similar to MP3, unless you're using Tidal, and their whole thing is like they have like lossless streaming mm -hmm. or whatever. But vinyl records, the quality is just way better than that. Like when you listen to music on Spotify, you're losing a lot of mm. of data in that listening experience. It's better than CDs. Vinyl uh, just has like a, a much more full, it's described as like a warmer sound. Yeah, I can uh, see that. When you listen to vinyl and records too. with headphones, you like, you hear things that you just never mm. heard before. You'll be like, oh, sh like you remember how last episode you were like, I never heard those congas. Yeah. Like you'll hear stuff like that where you're just like, holy shit. Like I never knew this song had like this yeah. like little like second guitar part, like in the left side of the stereo spectrum or whatever. That was the beginning of why vinyl, you know, started to get, come back mm. and become popular. And people debate that and they say like, oh, it's just hipsters being ironic or whatever. But like, no, the reason why people like vinyl is because it's better quality. Yeah. And there is some degree of hipsterism in there, but like there's a real origin to why people brought that back. Now, the same thing kind of goes for streaming movies. It's 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 at a the sample rates and the qualities of it are lower than if you watched it on on a Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest tragedies to me is that um the Criterion Collection sort of like in the last couple of years have sort of like raised their hands and said, we give up and they still produce Blu-rays. Uh, but now they have the Criterion channel mm -hmm. where oh, you can yeah. where you can stream <coughs> their movies. The point of the Criterion Collection was always to archive important films in the best possible quality and presentation possible. And, you know, the streaming element of it kind of like undoes that because, you, you know, it's just not as good a quality. Mm. So you you could be right that like some X amount of years from now when everything is streaming and, you know, my grandson just doesn't even know what it means yeah. to have a movie on a disc and put it into a player that that generation could discover Blu-ray or whatever, or a less, a, le a more archival format and kind of go back to it and be like, Oh, like I want to like own these and like put them into a player and watch yeah. them in the best quality or whatever. Especially when you factor in the discussion from last episode about like destroying the idea of ownership and that, there might be a backlash to that in a couple of years where the, the next generation of people don't want to like, they just have, they have like a, they have a backlash to the idea of like not owning anything physically. And they sort of like revert to an older time when they could own things and hold mm. them. Bring back that Betamax. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Betamax was better than VHS. Yeah. But in, in a consumer war, it's not about what's better. It's about what's more convenient. Yeah. Laserdisc. Laserdisc was also much better than VHS, but it was more expensive, more cumbersome. Didn't VHS, am I, I, I hope I'm not making up the story. It was between VHS and Betamax. Betamax was better, but porn went to VHS. Porn and Disney. Porn and Disney. Por, porn and Disney. I mean, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> porn and Disney determine every, they are the deciding factor in any media mm -hmm. war. So what whoever they go with is the winner. In fact, the VCR almost went away. 
because whenever they came out with VCRs back in the uh, back in the early '80s, there was a huge backlash to them because movie theaters and 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 studios thought that it was going to destroy the movie industry because it's like, why would you go to a movie when you could just tape mm. a uh, show on your TV and watch it anytime? There was a bunch of money traded hands to lobbyists to regulate and like make VCRs illegal because it was like a violation of copyright mm -hmm. uh, because you were, you know, basically recording, pirating yeah. stuff from TV. It was on the verge of sort of getting regulated to the point where it was going to go away. And then the porn industry started releasing porn VHSs and it reinvigorated the, the life of the VCR and it made it this huge popular mm -hmm. thing. Well, what does them recording TV have to do with them going to the movies? You have to think about things with a different mind, a mind that doesn't know what we know now. Uh, right now we know like, yeah, like TV and movies are different things and mm -hmm. one doesn't really affect, I mean, it does affect the other one. Like certainly when there was no such thing as TV, people went to the movies more because they needed more entertainment. And that was the only option. Mm -hmm. But now we know that they can kind of coexist with each other. Yeah. Uh, but back then, at the advent of television, movie uh, producers were freaking out because they were like, oh, this is the death of movies. People are just going to stay in their houses. And then as an extra step, whenever VCRs came out, it was like, fuck, like. Not only can they watch TV at home, but now that they can watch, now they can watch movies at home. Like they can go to a store and rent a movie. Like mm -hmm. and so they were, they were. Everyone was freaking out that it was going to kill the movie industry. Nice. And and also there was like some there was some weird idea that like people taping TV shows and like having them on tapes and rewatching them was going to somehow sub like replace going to the movies, mm -hmm. which you it know, did. that doesn't really make sense, yeah. but that's what people were scared of. We were doing a lot of cocaine in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was our- Were? Oh man, when I was 12, I was hitting those rails. <laughs> nice. Just, I, was I was also hitting the rails. I was hitting those rails when I was 12 too. Skateboard rails. <laughs> you stepped on them. I was grinding. I was grinding cocaine into my nose. I was yeah. grinding on a pole. I was a 12 year old stripper. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good times. Uh, yeah. I just think it's interesting to point out those moments where like physical media has been on the decline for years and mm -hmm. it's all but extinct now. And certainly none of us in this room would probably give a shit about Blu-rays or like, you know, it's all. But this is like the real end. Like in 10 years, mm -hmm. it's just going to be it's, over. Yeah, it's a ticking you, clock. You know, some people actually ask me for like copies of projects I've worked on and say, hey, can I have a Blu-ray or a DVD? I'll buy it from you. There's... All of the um, film festivals, up until very recently, they required you to send mm -hmm. your submissions on uh, DVDs and oh, then Blu-rays, and they just now have started adopting a digital upload That's so goofy. Format. Do you know how much that costs just yeah. to get one Blu-ray disc made? It's really expensive. Yeah. And then to send it to them, and then they might not even... That's uh, just a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're already starting to get into the... Uh, the Empire Strikes Back of the reboot story, the downturn, the reversal, the second act slog. Talk the, about it. The Lizzie McGuire reboot, after shooting two episodes, <clears throat> has shut down production, and the creator of the show slash showrunner has left the series. No! Uh, 
I thought that it had paused, but it's it's shut down. It's, it's paused not indefinitely. Oh, okay. Um, it will certainly start back up again, but for right now, there's just no word on what they're doing with it because the mm. the creator's gone, so they just have to figure out how they're gonna continue on with the show without the guy who brought the project to them, the guy who created the show. So, what are the hypotheses for why he left? Uh, my theory. So, so, so basically, the guy left for creative differences or creative tensions mm, and Dis- yeah Disney's statement on was Lizzie McGuire yeah creative creative differences on Lizzie McGuire well it's just the Kirk. classic nondescript I left yeah it yeah just yeah. kind of answers without answering which we hear we hear that more and more every day I feel like I feel <laughs> yeah. like people leave projects more and more every day and that's always the answer so Disney released a statement that said fans have a sentimental attachment to Lizzie McGuire and high ex- expectations for a new series um, after filming two episodes, we concluded that we need to move in a different direction and are putting a new lens on the series. That's my favorite. We're going to put a new lens on the series. We're yeah. going a That's different direction. Oh. So my assumption, based on the fact that originally, so this is the synopsis for the movie, and this was like sort of the creator's vision for what the reboot would be. She seemingly has it all. Her new dream job is an assistant to a fancy New York City interior designer, her dream guy in a picturesque Brooklyn apartment. But things aren't always as they seem. With a little help from her old friends and some new ones to come, her well-meaning family and her 13-year-old alter ego in animated form, Lizzie navigates the ups and downs of adulthood. And then, like, Hilary Duff posted a thing on Instagram being, like, saying that she felt so inspired by, like, playing this character in her 30s as a more realistic type view of of a 30-year-old. and You know, that character is a 30-year-old. So my theory is that the creator and showrunner, he wanted to do something a little bit more realistic or not totally like perfect. I think he wanted to do something a little bit more like what would this character actually be like in her 30s? And I think that what his vision of doing it in this like not quite so like gift wrapped way conflicted with Disney just wanting a Lizzie McGuire reboot that would be like the original show and give people nostalgia. I, th- I think that they wanted something a little bit more simple and a little bit more like, oh, look at all these characters and they're going to reference things from the old show mm. and Gordo and Lizzie, M- Lizzie are going to have a will they won't they thing. And I think the creator wanted to like m- turn it into this more kind of like mature look at Lizzie McGuire in her 30s. And I think that pr- they probably just clashed over that. Yeah, it's, it's a little confusing to me what the audience is because based on the description, it's kind of like, it sounds like the audience would be children because only children would believe that that level, like that's what adulthood is. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It's not massive amounts of student debt and considering to <laughs> move back in with your parents and can't only freelance jobs and... Are you okay, Kirk? No, I'm having problems. Gotcha. <laughs> if you believe... Kirk needs a Lizzie McGuire. We got yeah, a picture perfect plan. I've never seen it. We got <laughs> you fooled. Because we're only doing the best we can. Is that the theme song? And sometimes we make it. And sometimes we fake it. Boom. But we're one step closer each and every day. Uh, and we'll figure it out on the way. All right. I feel like I feel like that I, that theme song alone just really speaks to like what the creator like wanted that show to be. So that's the theme that's song. The theme that's the theme song. You guys, oh. none of you guys. Know Wait, the theme hang song? on a second. It is. Who's seen Lizzie McGuire here? Raise your hand. I've seen it. So when I was like, "Is that the theme song?" <laughs> I, did, like, just, I had no idea. I, I I did not pay attention uh, that much. It's what do you mean you didn't I, pay attention? I was that like, much? I was like 
eight to ten years old. I liked isn't that, that the perfect girls age in it? it. I didn't care what was actually going on or paying attention to what anything that I was actually. What'd you happening. say? First of all, that there, what's the perfect age for Lizzie McGuire to watch age. when you were at that age? Oh, uh, yeah, probably eight to ten. Oh, so you're right. I don't now. remember. Pretty... I remember. I like it, remember the Full House theme song. If you watch a show oh, over and over again, it. the re repetition alone will cause you to rem at least remember the song. Oh, I, like... I use the intro to get food from the kitchen. Yeah, I, I don't. Why didn't you go before the intro? Because I don't want to see you, the intro. You got to use the commercials for the. Food. No, the intro is boring. You could probably watch it up to about fourteen. Then you get age gated. <laughs> You're just like they're like, nope, sorry, sorry. But yeah, I, th I, th I think we're starting to see the uh, the 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 cracks in the veneer. I th we're starting to see the tensions and the the ugly underbelly of this reboot world we live in, where sometimes you can't always just remake Lizzie McGuire. Sometimes mommy and daddy. Can't come to an agreement. <laughs> Sometimes and they have to better. get divorced, and they'll tell you it's not your fault, even though it kind of low key is. <laughs> That's what Lizzie told you that McGuire should be That's about. What creative differences means it is that it's, it's your fault. It's always your fault. Yeah. yeah. Jumping from one end of the nostalgia spectrum to the other, a quantum leap reboot is potentially coming to Peacock. Ooh, ooh. Jeff Bader says there's a chance Scott Bakula could make the leap back to NBC Universal Family. At the Television Critics Association winter meeting, the NBCU head of program planning and strategy spoke to Slash Film about the possibility of reviving Quantum Leap for NBCU's upcoming streaming service. Co uh, <laughs> well, hello. Good hello. morning. That's, good morning. That's my streaming service. Yeah, yeah uh, it's really It's a really good service. That's where the reboot of Legend of the Hidden Temple is going on. Did Jar Jar Banks? No, remember from that where it's the oh, adult yeah, yeah. version where they yeah. fuck. Oh, <laughs> the hidden. I got a, I got a streaming giant. service called Cock. It's got one show on it. Wow, it's about a CEO fell off his perch. He's got to get his walk back, guys. No, it's it's porn. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Created by Donald P. Belisario, Quantum Leap lasted five seasons on NBC and became one of the most popular science fiction shows in the nineties. The series followed Dr. Sam Beckett, who goes into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and time travels within the years of his natural life. With each leap, he trades bodies living as his subject. Sam's only guide on his journey is Al, played by Dean Stockwell, who appears as a hologram and informs him of his mission. Once completed, he makes the next leap. Sam hopes each new leap gets him back home and into his own body, but they are random. The epilogue confirms Sam never makes the leap home. So Belisario confirmed he wrote the script for a television movie that gives a more definitive ending to Sam's journey, but it never saw the light, light of day. In 2009, Sci-Fi considered a Quantum Leap reboot with a new cast, but, never, but it never developed. And now they're talking about bringing it to Peacock. Who here has seen Quantum Leap? I never watched you Quantum Leap. You never watched Quantum Leap? No, I was doing cool things. The cocaine parts. Remember? I just told you about it. Was, you were at home watching a different show. I was, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was doing. I'll write, uh, Scott Bakula's cool. Uh, is he going to leave? How can you have the opinion that Scott Bakula's cool if you've never seen Quantum Leap? Because I've seen him in other vehicles. Yeah, but that is, you, you just, you can't have a, you can't have a well-rounded opinion of Scott Bakula without having seen Quantum Leap. He did a wonderful football movie with Jason Bateman. I can't remember the name of it right now. Do you now. like Jason Bateman? Love Jason Bateman. Love Jason Bateman. Seems uh, like he'd be up your alley. I don't know if that's a compliment or it not. It didn't sound like it's one It didn't sound all. like a compliment It's a 100% neutral observation. That's was it a neutral no observation because your voice made it sound like it was yeah. not My neutral? My voice always sounds like this. So you it's always that. judgy? No. <laughs> it's I was it just sound it seems like the type of person you would like. Listen. She's saying that you liked Teen Wolf 2 better than the original Teen Wolf. Oh, 100%. Uh. 
the boxing one over the basketball? That's not true. <laughs> of course, the basketball one. You ever see that other that Jason Bateman movie from the eighties where there's a group of friends and they like hadn't seen each other for a while and they get back together and like he's like the funny one of the group and he's like the one that everyone's like, oh, he's so carefree and he's a goofball or whatever, but then like he's secretly dying of cancer and then it's about them like that sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't, I don't think I've seen it. No. I don't think it is. But Scott, back to Mr. Scott Bakula. I, th- I think he's on like NCIS. He's not going to leave that NCIS money. Kelby, do you leave the NCIS money? What's the other network? The CBS that, you know, that NCIS, yeah. like those no, C- no, no. NCIS what's, New what's Orleans. The, what's the network that the new show is going to be on? Peacock. It's both network money. It's fine. Yeah, but come on, that NCIS money. I mean, he's going to get so much residuals for so long. I mean, you you don't jump ship on a syndicated procedural show that's going to just live on for 50 seasons mm. to go on to a show that is destined to have one season and then get scrapped. He'll probably do both. I mean, yeah. Uh, if he does he, both, he yeah. Both. That's, that's the only thing. That's good. Yeah, he'll do it yeah. on the, uh, the off season. Yeah. Uh, but I, so you, I love Quantum Leap. What a crossover event, though. He jumps into a, <gasps> a suspect, and he has to... Every now and then, you shoot brilliance out I, of your mouth. Wow. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Thanks, so you're just going to take my wow. like that? Yeah. <laughs> and the unsung hero of Quantum Leap, like, Scott Bakula's fine, but Dean Stockwell... That was a funny dude. Sarcastic. As a hologram. He was yeah. a hologram Come in the on. show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. He's his hologram companion. I thought he was like his handler. Well, he is. The only way they can communicate with him is by sending a hologram to talk to him. And he works at the lab where the thing is developed. And he can come into the hologram chamber and go to see him and talk to him. And he tries to help him navigate through the the time. I'm I'm glad I watched my other show when this was on. (laughs) I mean, you don't like sci-fi, but yeah. if you didn't, if 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 that wasn't the case, whatever the other show you watched just has nothing on Quantum Leap. Maybe I was out. No, it's not. Yeah, you were not. <laughs> There's a Chucky TV show that's been ordered straight to series at Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi has given out a straight to series order for a show based on the iconic horror character Chucky, the central fi- figure in the Child's Play film franchise. The news comes just under a year after Sci-Fi first announced they had acquired the television rights to the film. The series hails from Don Mancini, who wrote the film franchise on which the series is based. Mancini will also serve as showrunner and executive producer in addition to directing the first episode. After they shoot two episodes, he's going to quit because he wanted to do a more realistic look at Chucky in his 30s. For um, some reason, I can only imagine classic. that show as a comedy. Well, the I mean, the original ones were kind of... Yeah. comedies that i mean the first one less so but after the first one two through all the other ones they became it was sort of it had the exact same trajectory as nightmare on elm street where the first one was more of a serious thing and then as the franchise went on they turned the character into this more like kind of goofy jokester character so chucky he has like He's voiced by uh, Brad Dorif, character actor, oh, and the guy. the voice he does for Chucky is just a Jack Nicholson impression. He's just like a little smartass, and he makes jokes, and it's kind of like a corny. He makes puns and things like that. Didn't he marry Jennifer Tilly in Bride of Chucky? Yes. Yeah. Is that that one? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Is this revered? Like, do people are like, oh, Chucky? I know Bride yeah, of pe- Chucky. Has people like really love the the Chucky movies. They're sort of like two camps because there's like child's play one through three which are the og ones Mm -hmm. and like child's play one and two are good and then three is pretty good kind of started to go off the rails a little bit and then they brought this character back for like the bride of chucky seed of chucky curse of chucky and those ones are like kind of a different thing they're made by they're 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 like they're really just like black comedies Mm -hmm. 
and there are people who really love those movies. There are people who love the original trilogy and think the later ones suck. And then there are people who just love all of them. It's it's definitely like a big cult classic thing. I can't imagine this going more than a season. Yeah, it's yeah. like how sci-fi. it's on Sci-Fi Network. Does it? And that means it'll go for it, one season. No, oh, oh, no. Oh. If it was on C, if it was on CBS, it would go for one season. On sci-fi, no, sci- no, Sci-Fi cancels things left and right. Like that's all they do not is just cancel shit. As network, <coughs> as network stuff. Yeah, they, they they'll get two seasons. Chuck Nato, maybe. Chuck, oh, Chuck Nato. I was like, it's just nerdy. I don't even, exactly even want to go through what I just went through my mind. Yeah, <laughs> a tornado made of Chuck Schumer and Ralph Nader. That, that's what I thought of. Oh God, that's a that's a lot of flappy skin. <laughs> what? I don't even know why your brain went there. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different places you could have gone, and you went there. I went there. I went there. <sighs> Hard, yeah, oh boy, yeah. So no, 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 no opinions on the Child's Play I, franchise. I only anyone? saw. I, I, uh, I think Child's Play is dumb. Yeah, that's my. That's all my hot of, all of them are real. They're real all dumb, dumb. And why are you going to make a series out of it? That's going to be one season. Because where's it going to go? What journey are you going to take with Chucky? If he's the primary figure in it, it'll probably be. Really he's. Good. I, I, it's it, going to be the like Child's a, Play movies dumb. No, you're wrong. Is this they're purposely is dumb? Is the series gonna be make? I, I, but I also I don't know how this is gonna be a series. Yeah, they should put it. It's on gonna that, be like oh god. They should put it on that network that you had us watch the shutter. Shutter. They should put it on shutter. Yeah, it could be a cool shutter. Show. I think I think they're gonna probably do it from Chucky's point of view. He's gonna talk to the audience. There's a scene in the first Child's Play. This cop gets into his car and Chucky's in the car, and he stabs him through the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. Like he has a knife and he like through the seat stabs him, and that gave me a lifelong fear of being stabbed through the back of a car seat. And I always checked to make sure there was nothing behind me. You should never call shotgun. Where does a baby doll get the strength? It's a ro- it's like a robot. It's not a, it's not possessed by the devil. It is possessed by the no, devil. No, it's possessed by it's possessed by it's a, not, ma- well, it's possessed, a, a, it's, a Satanist. Yeah, the, the the he's a serial killer who's played by Brad Dorif. Oh, and he uses okay. like a voodoo curse yeah. to put his soul into the doll when he's dying. Yeah. You're not making the case for this being a smart. But the but the I, but the doll is like an animatronic oh, thing. I see what you're saying. So okay. ostensibly it has the rigidity to be able to like have strength. But also it's a movie, so it's just movie logic. It doesn't have to make yeah. a sense. I think I'm overanalyzing. I mean, no, I just, I, it's going to be trash. It's going to be bad. <laughs> I think it'll be good. <laughs> oh, you know what? Wait, Throw Jar Jar Binks in there and I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking in. I mean, don't speak too soon. <laughs> There's a new Silence of the Lambs TV show called Clarice coming to CBS. Clarice. Clarice. Um, CBS just closed a deal to make Silence of the Lambs sequel series. The new show, titled Clarice, will focus on the Clarice Star, uh, Sterling. Isn't it Starling? Is it Sterling I, I or Starling? Sterling. Maybe it, okay. Starling sounds right, though. Sterling I thought it was wrong. Starling. Um, Sterling sounds right? I feel wrong? confident it's Sterling. Ooh, Tade. Can, should we Google? <laughs> Tade. Do we Google? <laughs> yeah. Not even like a question. Just it. Tade. <laughs> that's Research the call right there. That's right. That's what, I, that's what I thought. Oh, okay. I I, co- I copied and pasted this name from a with, from a source. So with an A, and they wrote it Sterling. Yeah, Sterling. I'm, not, I'm not saying I was right, but no, you were right. I was wrong. <gasps> but something yeah. something Sterling in my brain. Uh, like <laughs> Sterling Archer. Yeah. Sterling, is Sterling right Silver. S- mm, not Sterling Silver. Sterling Platter. No. What? Something stored somewhere different. Not there. Oh. Do you watch Filed Archer? In a different cabinet. Yeah. Sterling, right, Todd? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just confirming. Just, yeah, I just wanted to be 100 percent positive yeah. that I was wrong. A pilot script has already been written, and the network is pursuing a full series order. 
With that being said, the pilot will have to cast, uh, be cast and shot before the network makes its final decision on whether to move forward or not. With something as big as the Silence of the Lambs, it will it will more likely more than likely be green, get the green light. Now, so they're making this show, and it's going to be called Clarice, and it's going to be about Clarice. Yeah. But the but the uh, other sort of more interesting news is when this was announced, there was a huge backlash on social media from all of the Hannibal fans. Mm. Oh, um, oh God, people got time on their hands. I think this will be a success. Probably, yeah. If they do it right, I think this could be, especially with the the crime drama craze that's happening right now. But a Ugh. lot, if they do the show correctly, I think this will be a success. Well, the sh- the concept of it, the concept could be a great show. Like I don't know yeah. how they're going to do it or what it, how it fits into the timeline. But you know, the Science of the Lambs is you know about her sort of like trying to track down this killer and then like <laughs> utilizing Hannibal Lecter to like help get into the mind of a killer. So a show that is a procedural where every episode is a different killer and it's about her working with Hannibal Lecter and Hannibal Lecter is almost kind of like the house of the show or whatever. That would be a great Uh, show. Yeah. I feel like they did that with Blacklist and uh, James Spader. They did it with Mind... (coughs) Although Mindhunter, I think, explores the origins of that happening in real life. And mine yeah. was a great yeah. show. What, a what if show. they counterpoint? What if they shot it like The Office instead? No. And it was like it was Absolutely like they were making not. a documentary about the entire thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be funny. That's like not they, even worth commenting. Come on. It makes no sense. Didn't in the outline it said that it's gonna take place one year after the movie. So it's taking yeah. place in ninety three. I love that idea. The fact that it's set in ninety three and it's a year later and she's still dealing with all that shit. That makes me want to see the show. That sounds very interesting. Or Who's a better Hannibal Lecter? Anthony Hopkins, Mads Mikkelsen, or Brian Cox? Brian Cox. I knew you were going to say that. Because I'm old? Yes. <laughs> and because Manhunter is low-key a better movie than The Science of the Lambs. It is. I mean, it is. It's, it's way good. So following the news reports, uh, the fans have taken to social media with hashtag Save Hannibal in attempt to breathe new life into the Hannibal series. That was canceled back in 2015 oh. after three seasons. Fans refused to give hope, give up hope that Brian Fuller's series adaptation of Science of the Lambs will return with stars Mad, Mads Mikkelsen and Hugh Dancy. Fuller took to Twitter to give his thoughts on the Clarice Han- uh, Hannibal situation. He said, um, Martha De, Laurent- De Laurentiis and I tried many times to work with MGM to include Clarice into our Hannibal story. They ultimately told us they had their own plans for Clarice and they didn't need uh, Hannibal to tell her story. Don't think this impacts a potential Hannibal season four as we never had Clarice rights. I'm all for the idea of like, I don't think it should happen now, but 10 years ago, I'm all for them having somebody having given Joss Whedon some money to make Firefly season two. I'm all for the idea of like a show that is prematurely canceled, Mm -hmm. like getting brought back if it really deserves it, and if it was really canceled for like a bullshit reason and it was killed before its time. But on the other hand, or to play devil's advocate with myself, something like Firefly was the proto like bring this back type thing. Like before any of this reboot shit started happening, like that was the show that was like the one show for years that everyone was like, bring it back, bring it back, you know, because it got canceled after one season. Uh, and it wasn't given a chance to like find an audience until after it was released on DVD. And then they got the movie and then uh, all that. But now we're, we're seemingly living in this time where like when a show gets canceled by a network prematurely or whatever, all you have to do is just everyone goes on social media and says like, bring it back. And then like somebody will bring it back. Like Netflix will bring yeah. it back or whatever. 
And it's like too much now where it's like, just let, like if a show gets canceled, just like let it be canceled. Like not everything has to live forever. Yeah. There'll be other shows that you can enjoy. No, bring back Lost. <laughs> bring back Lost. Yeah. Wasn't a satisfying ending. <laughs> they didn't cancel Lost. But that's exactly what I'm talking course. about. That is the problem I'm talking about. The uh, I have I've never I never watched Lost and I I didn't either. I and I oh, have, it was great. What are you even? It God was a fucking it. joke. I want to say a real I was thing. Do, I was doing the thing you were complaining about and you were about to go in on it too. Lost was great, but yeah, but that, but a lot of people were let down by the ending from yeah, from my what yeah. I observed. That's true, but that's that would be the exact issue of like if the ending was bad or if the ending was bad to a certain amount of people, even a majority of people, the filmmakers failed. They, they had a bad ending. That doesn't mean redo. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have a mulligan and go back and like, it just means that they kind of failed and that sucks and it's over now. No, nah, they got to do another season of Sopranos. Well, they're doing the pre-Sopranos. That's yeah. not good. That's not enough. Oh, the altos? <laughs> We're going to have to ask you to leave. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I, I really, I just, I'm resentful of this. Thing that studios are doing where they're just like enabling like shitty internet people now. Honestly, it's like I the think way they that do they do it on purpose. The way that they retconned The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and how they bring back every show that somebody goes on and complains about. It's like, stop validating the show shitty never internet. The show is never canceled. They cancel it, quote unquote, so that they can build a bigger audience for it. It's not really canceled. And then they go, We've heard your cries. Yeah. We listen to our audience. I, no, I don't we're think they're validating. They're just seeing a place where they can make money. There's, yeah. they're seeing. They no, have, I, I know that they're doing that, but I'm saying that the what that what is happening is that in doing that, they're validating these people. Why does that bother you so much? You don't, you know, you don't have to watch the. the Why does it bother me <laughs> that? toxic people are being validated in their toxicity how are they toxic because oh, they want oh, here more we go. of a mm. of a story that ended poorly because they find like the heads of like fox or whatever and like send them death threats and say that they're gonna like rape people to death if they don't okay, bring back well, shows obviously that's completely inappropriate but I, I think that something innocent like oh i wish that we could have this show as a reboot or i wish someone would make remake this shoot this show is innocent like i think I mean, that's just people saying things. If the networks want to listen, that's fine. And if they don't, like, that's fine. I guess I just don't. But these, 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 pe it's not innocent though, because these people and these really toxic things that they do and say in the name of their own fandom being insulted are inextricably linked. Okay, they, well then that's obviously inappropriate, but that wasn't in the original thing that you were saying. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that happened in this specific case, but I'm saying that this this is a huge problem fandoms are more and more as the internet connects us all just more and more toxic and shitty and people just say and do horrible things in the name of their own sensibilities being offended whether it's like a show being canceled or them adding like a black guy <laughs> to a, a show that didn't originally have a black guy in it or making 007 a woman or whatever and i think that this is it's just a slow chipping away at the sanctity of movie studios and, and art creators not validating that type of person. And we give them more and more slack. And then one day, you know, we're going to be so far over to the edge where we unilaterally kowtow to shitty internet trolls. I, I'm not saying that this story in and of itself is an example of that. I think it's just a small piece of a chipping away at, I just, you know, you don't, 
negotiate with terrorists. I just don't, I just don't agree <laughs> with this. I don't agree with this philosophy of listening to people complain on social media and then like actually giving them what they want. Can I say something? Yes. You just quoted one of my lines from the movie Time Lock. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was a that was on purpose, <laughs> of course. That's all I had to say. Just really. Did you yeah. say we don't negotiate with terrorists and then cock that shotgun? <laughs> no, that was a different scene. That's when mm. I cocked the shotgun and said, "We'll get her, sir." <laughs> Which we never saved her. But oh, that okay. movie. You know that movie needs to go on cock. It's a good. Movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> two time, movies. Two movies. Time Lock on time cock. Lock. The Legends of the Hidden Temple porn remake and then time lock but i've gone in and digitally removed your clothes <laughs> and julia left for that <laughs> i agree with you and i think it just kind of also makes people less inclined to create new things when they all they see is like I, i'm going to create this new thing but all the effort's going to go into getting somebody something else that's already been made back on the air I think people just get discouraged. I mean, on one hand, it's always nice that, you know, people have a say and they get to voice their opinions. But on the other hand, I'm also of the mind of like, something's just got to end. Yeah, but if you really got to end in life, if you really want to just contact the person who made it, tell them you'll pay them to make a new version for you. If you're really that inclined to get this shit done, start a Patreon for yourself to get a new season made. Give all the money to the uh, creator that you want to do it and they'll fail again. They already showed that they weren't good enough to create something you like. Don't give them another chance with your money. It's annoying. That's a little far, but (laughs) Robert England is expected to return for a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie. According to recent reports, the Craven Estate is currently in the process of considering pitches for a new story within the Kruger mythology that can be expanded across films and television. And England is expected to once again put on the striped shirt, fedora, and glove (laughs) knives and terrorize a new generation of viewers. This comes after a reboot in 2010 all but killed the franchise, and England recently mentioned in interviews that he thinks he has one more Nightmare on Elm Street in him. So uh, we, we reported on this on a previous episode that the uh, West Craven estate has like uh, regained the full rights to the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and so they were sort of like taking pitches for doing a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie and potentially a Nightmare on Elm Street show. And now we're hearing that uh, you know they are sort of like in the process of developing a new movie and that Robert England, the original Freddy Krueger actor is actually going to return to play Freddy in this movie, which will be, you know, pretty much the only way that fans would have it. The reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street in 2010 with uh, Jackie Earl Haley playing Freddy Krueger was was. bad. It was bad. But even if it was good, <laughs> even if it was really good, people just wouldn't have accepted it. Because they want Robert. Yeah, because mm-hmm. these fans of these types of things, when you have like the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Hellraiser, these these movies that have these huge cult followings around them, and that actor who plays that character becomes so synonymous with it, they just refuse to accept anything else. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th is a little different because the character is just wearing a mask and you just kind of can't see him yeah so there's never really been a huge issue with the actor who plays jason changing with a character like freddy krueger who robert england is so sort of germane yeah. to the character like you just, there's nothing you could do you could make a great movie but if it didn't have him what's pe- the point people would freak out and hate it i think it's a good idea for a movie don't make it a tv show please don't i'm begging don't make this a tv it's like chucky don't make it a tv show make another movie as a one-off leave tv alone I, I know what you're going to say. I can see there There's being money in TV. I can and see there being I a Friday the Thirteenth in any of that. I could see there being a Nightmare on Elm Street show more than I could see there being a Child's Play show. Elaborate, because there could be like because with the Chucky one, it's like what is that? How does that? 
play out over multiple episodes because it's just a doll killing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that concept, just how is that a show? And maybe they come up with an idea that makes sense or whatever, but I just don't see it. But with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, every episode could be about a different group of teenagers and maybe the group of teenagers are dealing with their own problems mm-hmm. and they have their own different fears and anxieties and things that they're dealing with and that and then Freddy like exploits those things in their dreams. So it's it, it has a little bit more uh, legs to like be fleshed out into a show. Let me pitch something to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a little Tyler-ish here. Oh boy. Okay, I'm going to jump on the Tyler bandwagon. Oh, okay. I think it should be in Don't. the style of, of a Goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so what if in the series, it's a group of teenagers that he's tormenting, but teenagers today have so much more anxieties <laughs> that they're not even fucking phased by Freddy. He's just like, fuck. He's like, like, and he's just I, frustrated what, all the time. I love it. What will get you? Yeah, it's yeah. like he he like tries. Is none like, of this tracking him. for you, and they're just like we're, we're we're getting trashed on social media all the time. Yeah, uh, we're constantly worried about our future and the climate change. Yeah. You're doing nothing to us, Freddie, and he's just constantly like, God, these kids. Yeah, he's got to figure out new ways to get to him. Like yeah. he like appears in a dream, and he's like, Do your taxes, <laughs> ah! and they're like. Yeah, that's the only way to give like real life scares. And he's just really off put by it. He's like one of the dreams is just like a news report where he's like a news anchor just talking about how the uh, we have like we only have like like scientists are reporting we only have about five good years left before Mm -hmm. global warming takes over. And he's just like, this is just fucking boring. Like. And like every time they try to he tries to scare them, they're just like, okay, boomer. Yeah. Okay. I think we got the makings of a hit. That's good stuff. Yeah. But all as a goofy cartoon. <laughs> yes, it's going to be animated. The weird thing about Nightmare on Elm Street that just sort of gets overlooked and it's not a part of the mainstream canon that's discussed is like, as I talked about earlier, as the movies went on and on, he became more of this like jokey, mm-hmm. funny character who just would say all <laughs> these like jokes and puns or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the franchise kind of became about him and him being this funny villain character that you want and you just wanted to watch him torture people Mm -hmm. and he was this beloved guy but he's a pedophile oh god that's like the origin right he's a pedophile and child murderer oh my god i totally forgot about that who is that girl i see Mm, staring straight this is a big back at me when will my reflection show who I am inside. Killed it. I love Let's it. get down to, to business, business to defeat the Huns. Did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? Todd is pushing me on, but I'm going to keep singing because oh, I can't see his face, so I can't see his disapproval, and I just tell him he's going to cut it out. <laughs> Oh, I, I can see it. I got a good yeah, angle yeah. on Todd's <laughs> disapproval. Oh. oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Losing me standing outside waiting for you. Enjoy the- these versions of these songs because you're not getting any in the real movie. Not only is there not going to be any Mushu in the Mulan remake, we ain't biting any more butts because there's no butts to bite because there's no Mushu. There's also not going to be any songs. <coughs> oh, Shame on Disney. Shame no. on their cow. Good for them. No oh. songs. Don't want them. Don't you're, need them. You're an objectively wrong, wrong with you? person. I think it Here, might work. Listen, Why? Hang on. It looks so serious. It's going to suck. No, it's going to be great. No, it's, 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 I will put different. money. 
I will put money on the table that Mulan the movie is going to be objectively good. It's not going to be the cartoon. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be objectively good. Money on the table. I, I don't, don't even have care about the songs. I just think it's going to suck regardless. No, it looks yeah. great. How? Why? It's it looks really great. Serious. So I think it might it's be a good. war movie. Yeah. It's a uh, war movie. That's what they want to make. So they're making a war movie. But you guys, it, you okay. guys are you guys are supporting you guys are supporting fascism. Because the actress who played Mulan criticized Hong Kong. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's what but we're doing. She's like the whole in Mulan. It was like she she pretended to be a man because women can do everything that men can do. And that's, then, that's in this movie. There's a witch with actual powers in this movie. Actual powers. Okay. That can manipulate space around her and send fireballs through her hands. Mm hmm. No human can do anything about that. I can imagine her facing Attila the Hun or whoever the guy was in the movie and defeating him because he's only a human. She is a supernatural being. It doesn't matter if she's a woman overcoming these barriers. She's not going to defeat a witch. So this, well, first of all, it's a movie. She's going to defeat a witch. Yeah, she's, she's going definitely to defeat, going to defeat a, witch. a witch. Second of all, that's the thing you're mad about. Yeah, that's the thing you're like, mad about with I Mulan. Liked, you I always find a way. <laughs> you always find a way to agree with me in a way that is insane and makes no just, sense. And why do you change the story? want to disavow my own opinion. You have his back, but in the weirdest way possible. I don't care if Andrew agrees. I don't. I just don't understand why they had to change it so much. I get. Well, how do they change it so much? Adding a witch to it. Oh, that's okay. They take the songs out because it's they want to make it a movie about war. Again, take the songs out. That's fine. And they don't need a dragon. Yeah, that's fine. Again, I don't think those things are needed. But adding the supernatural element that she has to also overcome is kind of. Like, I don't understand why that had to be added. Money on the table, it's going to be a good movie. Right. Money on the table, it makes money. How much? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's going to make money. I, I had my money. wallet right now. I, I, I have money. a 20 in there. I put Dang. $20. I got a fat 20. Aladdin made tons of money. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and that movie was garbage. This is going to be better than... Which one was garbage? Aladdin? Yeah. Full disclosure, I didn't see it. I think um, the large, Aladdin wasn't garbage. It so wasn't great though. Cats My son loved in it. In 1917, yeah, cool. came out at the same time. Yeah, I think they were like, they saw, you know, cats flopped. 1917 worked. They took the hint and they took a direction. It's a pretty solid theory. Thanks. That would mean that they made the movie like last two weeks week. ago. Yeah, last <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I think but, that they pretty much just said like, first of all, these the remake of the songs don't quite work. They had they didn't work in uh, in Lion King. They're they didn't really yeah. work in, in Aladdin. The thing that occurred, like I w watching parts of the Aladdin movie, the thing that like makes the music not work so much is because in a live action form, they just can't make the musical sequence as dynamic. Not yet. Like because in the movie, it's like the genie. Like like I saw the Prince Ali live action song, mm -hmm. and even though it's like huge and it's kind of replicating those like sort of Bollywood like giant dance sequences that they do. In the cartoon, the genie's like flying all over the place, and he's changing into different characters, and he's like becoming Groucho Marx, and he's and he's like turning into a mm -hmm. crowd of girls, and and like he's going all over the place, and like it's a it's a, it's a cartoon. In the movie, even though they have this huge crowd and they've spent millions of dollars doing this scene, there's still just kind of people walking in a line, mm -hmm. yeah. and like Will Smith, he just kind of. He's kind of swallowed by it all. Yeah. Like he, because he's not that huge. 
cartoon character that can change sizes and shapes and fly around. He's just kind of a guy walking. He just gets swallowed by this giant scene. Yeah. And it just came off as like very kind of like deadened and undynamic. It would be very difficult to do Mulan the way that they're doing it with music. Yeah, it'd be weird. It and and be I think even hard. in the the quotes, it's like we're not gonna we're we're having a war. We're not gonna break out into song in the middle of a war. Yeah, that's true. And I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, soldiers I, sing as they run. That statement rung to me as just a bullshit PR statement because nobody breaks out into song ever. That, yeah. that, that like her the thing she said applies to everything. That's just a musical is a hyper realistic thing. You nobody ever breaks out breaks out into a choreographed song. You've been breaking out into song for this entire podcast. A yeah. giant choreographed song that speaks to like what's happening in the moment. But it's that not needed that, in a war. That doesn't movie. happen in it's real life. It's not necessarily life. needed in a, and it's not necessarily needed in a war movie. Is yeah, what they're right. saying. They're saying it's it doesn't fit. It's the tone. It's the a different tone. Yeah. You're talking. They're doing a, a movie about a war. Why put in music in it? It may not be a good fit. Let's music just have can an action still have movie. Have a dark tone, though. Sure, yeah. but it can also not necessarily fit a movie that you're trying to make a war movie about. But is is it a okay? Is Mulan about the war? No, I think I, I don't think, think Mulan's about the war. I think saying it's does a it, war does, movie does is... she not become a soldier to fight a war? Mm. Right. But well, that's, that's what okay. the movie is. That's what the movie is. I think yeah. calling it a war movie is just a PR bullshit. I yeah, think you're a PR bullshit statement. Damn, yeah, I gotta fight. <laughs> Regardless of what you think about this fucking fiasco with Mulan, <laughs> you're a fiasco. I got something. You're not gonna watch Keep it, it anyway. <laughs> of course I'm not. I got something for the two of you <gasps> that you're gonna love, despite the fact that it makes no goddamn sense. We'll see. Don't tell and me what you I'm are about. insane, and you are a troll. <laughs> I'm not a troll. But hit us with it. Bearded Jar, Bar- Jar Jar Binks is going to return in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. Whee! To the delight of nobody except for two people who don't even know who Jar Jar Binks is and have just decided to love him as like... Uh, yeah. Ignorance is bliss. I haven't even seen the movies that Jar Jar Binks originally are in. Here's the thing. Think, I'm here for the like beard. It. Like, I'm, I'm here for the I beard. don't understand how he's going to grow a beard. But hang on a second. I'm here for a specific type of he beard. He doesn't have a chin. If he's going like that long, like lumberjack, and then it's cut off here, no. But if it's like what you, I'm here for this, where it's tight, it's clean. I'm pretty sure Gungans are black, so it could be that. I'm, I'm, I, I want a tight, clean beard with good lines. I don't want anything shaggy like David Letterman. That's what I want. I don't think I, I, I like about David Letterman like that. You motherfucker! <laughs> you get, I don't even want it. God damn it! I mean, I could explain it's to you so why I don't better. like it. I love it. I think uh, putting him back at home is whatever. But to put him in a game show, <laughs> that's like so. He's not his... in the game show. Yeah, but it's the person doing God it. Damn so it. He's hosting it. So it's like, to me, it's like, okay, we're going to take him completely out of his element and do something completely brand new. But to just do more Star Wars with him being in Star Wars, whoop to do. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know the Jar Jar Binks character, and I don't know why. I know that he was hated. Your eyes are going to melt. I so I don't know why they're putting him back in the start if people hated him from the start. Yeah. What do you think about that? All being this? said, wait. That being said, I'm here for the beard. Okay. Yeah, it's a good. Beard. I don't know Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I the name's a bit catchy. 
um, beards <laughs> work on some people. Mm-hmm. I agree. David Letterman lost his mind growing that big thing. But yeah, he's also thank, kind of advanced in age, and you can, you know, you can make those choices. So you're like, you can get away with it because you're like, oh well. As long as it's a are all choice terrible. that beards doesn't like hurt other people. I mean, he's just doing it for his own thing. Yeah, I think it's just la- laziness after years of having to shave every single day of his life. Yeah, I think I it's mean, not. It's not for looks. That's why he lives in Montana, <laughs> where there are more animals than people so he doesn't have to anyways and arby's the beard could work and that's about it that's 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 the extent of my knowledge base on jar jar binks can we put a pin in something real quick the only binks arby's there's a lot he likes to reference that is there a lot of arby's in montana no the main sandwich at arby's is called the big montana oh but their arby's isn't popular it's after joe montana though i just had arby's for the first (laughs) time a couple weeks ago it wasn't good arby's is actually Really good. They've stepped it's like the, the unsung the fast food restaurant. Yeah. I don't eat meat anymore, so there's really nothing I can eat there. Like it literally, their slogan is "We got the meats." Yeah. But when I did eat meat, Arby's is like that weird thing where you never go to Arby's, and you always say like, "Who goes to Arby's?" But when you go to Arby's, you're like, "This shit is good. It's delicious. It wasn't that good. It's good when I had it." Why yeah. would you want a bunch of meat that's fast food? People, I mean, people like love that. it. I don't. I don't people eat it love any crap. burger joint ever. Yeah. Like, you just described all of fast. Food. All of but fast food is jelly just... meat, the roast beef, all that, I'm and you know it. it's garbage. It was good though. I covered it's delicious. It. It's I, br- I I have not been to Arby's in like twenty years, and I remember loving it. I don't know why I didn't. Like it's like it. just low key a great yeah. place yeah. that 100%. for some reason has this reputation of nobody goes there. Yeah. Because it's it's a bit it doesn't know who who to target yet yeah. for its audience. It's sort of like it's trying to do that firehouse subs thing that I was talking about, where it's like we're we're meat, we're for people who need that meat. <laughs> <laughs> you need that meat. <laughs> oh wait, we need to save this for our food. Go podcast. to firehouse. Oh, food mm. podcast now. The only Binks worth his salt is Zachary Binks from Hocus Pocus. Mm, yeah. Or Thackeray Binks. Thackeray. I always thought it was Zachary when I was a kid, but it's actually Thackeray. So essentially, you're saying that Jajar Binks is. <laughs> God, popular, I love how you say that. Thank you. Yeah. Is a popular character. He's popular enough to be put in a new show. No, everybody hates Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I think they're putting him back in the show. They hate I th- him enough to invest in him. Mm. <laughs> curious is what you're thinking that's disney's odd. doing some that's so uh, weird i mean everyone i mean no matter what you say people hated zach uh, hated jar jar binks <laughs> like unilaterally like. hated him i think i think there's this weird thing we're in right now where like there's this weird like almost like stockholm syndrome nostalgia where people are looking back <laughs> nostalgically on the prequels because as like a as like a, a contrarianism to how much they hate the new movies. And it's like this weird fucked up thing where people are kind of going back and pretending like those prequels weren't as bad as we acted like they were. And it's only because they're they're doing it in opposition to the new movies. So it's tied up in all this toxic, like, we don't like the new Star Wars movies because mm-hmm. it's got like forced diversity because they put all these black people and women in it. And now we're going to go back and pretend like we liked the sequels and that they're not as bad as we thought they were. So this whole thing of like doing this Obi-Wan show and bringing uh, Ewan McGregor back to play Obi-Wan and getting um, 
Jar Jar Binks in it. It's all part of this fucked up thing that I I was talking about earlier, where yeah. the just corporate machine has just gotten so up its own ass with like being too scared to make choices and trying to please everybody that they're almost like just unintentionally validating shitty toxic people, Nazis, racists, and sexists. Yeah. Let um, me take it further and weirder. Oh I, don't have, I don't have one for this one. He's, <laughs> he's got no. I love Ian McGregor, though. So you think they're unintentionally <laughs> validating Nazis, racists, and bigots? Yeah, they're not. They're not openly trying to do that. They're just by virtue of what they're doing. It's kind of just what they're doing. They're 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 just they're listening to the 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 loud minority voice on the internet, which you should never do. And they're being like, "Oh, people didn't like the Asian girl from Last Jedi, so let's completely cut her out of the entire movie." Um, and the reason why people didn't like her is because she was Asian. Do you think it's unintentional or do you think they simply do not care? Well, they, yeah, they, they don't care and they're just scared and they're just trying to please these voices that they're hearing and these voices that they're hearing should not be validated, but they're doing it because they want to make money and they're scared yeah. and they don't. And the nature of movie studios that's always existed is that they're just scared of taking risks and... We're just we've been pushed so far in that direction, and they've that the snake has ate, eaten so much of its own tail. Where does that fear come from? The just the fear of not making as much money as they can possibly make. Um, I mean, yes, but also just like making money in general, like like uh, you know, a couple of bombs can like sink a movie studio, even a um, big one. Yeah, so they're always scared of just putting out too many movies that don't do well. Yeah. But also, Samuel Jackson is reportedly returning as Mace Windu in the Obi Wan series in a I, flashback. I mean, oh, like not as a regular, yeah, but just doesn't just in a flashback. Oh, he's the same age, just like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, so then is Hugh McGregor going to be have a series? He's having his oh, own it's his seri- series. Yeah. It's his, oh, yeah. Then it's, I'm like, in. it's like an Obi Wan Kenobi show for Disney Plus. And he's in. playing Obi Wan. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'll do it. Jar Jar and Jazar's in there. I, okay, I don't. I'm. I mean, I'm just still confused because when I was growing up, I had been told and accepted that that was a racist character. It is. It is. So I, how I, are we I, getting I, another iteration of him on TV, especially in today's age? You would think Disney of all people would try to further themselves from that kind of. I I just I just think like there was a lot of racist characters in the prequels. There was like uh, there was Watto who was clearly like a Jewish stereotype because he was like he had the huge nose and he was really cheap about money and he was like he talked kind of like a you know like a swarthy Israeli guy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is that the guy who was keeping them hostage or whatever? The... Not he, he was just he owned owned them. Shimmy Skywalker and Anakin. Oh, okay. Um, they were slaves. Those things are. I think there was there. There's like there's a difference between something that is called out universally, like the crows in Dumbo are just universally like that was racist. The Jar Jar stuff and like this the racist stereotypes in the prequels like Watto and Jar Jar and the the Viceroy who were like clearly like Asian stereotypes. Those are like a little under the surface of like they're sort of regarded as racist by, like, more of the fringe. Like, you'd see, like, The Root posting about how they're racist stereotypes, but you wouldn't see Slate or HuffPo posting about how they're racist stereotypes. They're kind of, like, slightly less mainstream call-outs. So I think they can continue to, like, slip under the radar until it's nationally 
or not nationally, but it's universally adopted that they that like Jar Jar Binks is obviously a like caricature of like antebellum era like house slave. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty it's pretty egregious, but uh, you know, I guess it's just not so egregious that it's undeniable. It's really it's kind of debatable whether it's that, but it's pretty clearly that. So um, for a number of years. Uh, there was a biopic being developed for the uh, the WWF slash WWE wrestler uh, Chris Benoit. Oh, um, stay away from that. It was called Crossfaced, uh, Crossface, uh, and the plan it, it's been canceled because the family did not approve of the script. So the planned biopic about notorious pro wrestler and double murderer Chris Benoit has been shelved, according to Benoit's son David, who oh has God. has pro wrestling ambitions of his own. The movie was scrapped after the Benoit family saw the screenplay. And uh, if you don't know, Chris Benoit was a really popular wrestler, and he ended up killing his wife and son and then mm-hmm. killing himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the years since, we've sort of discovered and realized that he was dealing with a lot of mental issues caused by CTE, which at the time... They called it roid rage at the time. Yeah, we didn't know what it was. Right. And now we know that, like... Football players, wrestlers, people who deal with a lot of like direct contact in their day-to-day job, if not handled properly, uh, can suffer a lot of head trauma mm-hmm. that leads to extreme mental health problems. And he ended up murdering and his family and him and committing suicide. Uh, and they were going to do this. Um, put a Bible next to them when after he killed him. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. They were going to do a biopic about him, and the the family didn't approve of it because the whole, I guess the whole movie leads up to the final moment of the movie is mm-hmm. basically him killing his wife and son, and they were just like, no, we're not going to do this and like have this dramatized in a movie. No, that's Tell not the cool. truth. But yeah, it, yeah, I mean, it, it would be kind of fucked up and exploitative and, yeah. you know. I I think we should we should be talking about the issues surrounding what happened and why he did what he did. Really focus on this as a case study of why it's so important to regulate these things more and deal with them more in the medical industry. But uh, you know, should we be playing this guy up as like this hero because he was a great wrestler? I, I don't I don't think we should, I don't think that's the case. Is there know. any way to be rehabilitated from that type of head trauma, or is the damage not, just done? I'm not Will Smith. But wait, you're not Will Smith. <laughs> but so I'm not. A, I don't know exactly. But I think from my very shallow understanding, not really. Yeah, it's more not. about it's more about prevention. Yeah, yeah. And once you have these issues, like you're just kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I do also want to say, like, since we're on kind of WWE and sad things that are happening, um, Soul Man. Rocky Johnson passed away. Mm. Yeah. Rock's dad. Yeah. I totally, I, I saw that and I didn't add it to this. I yeah. don't even, I didn't make the connection. Yeah. Yeah. Him uh, and, um, and Atlas were the two first black tag team champions. Yeah. And, you know, history he, makers. Rocky Johnson was The Rock's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just passed away. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Like late yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It's really sad. It's, uh, like you said, he was kind of a, a boundary breaker in, yeah. in, in professional wrestling. Yeah. Is there a threshold for, does it just depend on the person? You know, how, how much head trauma is like the limit to when you start to experience those types of issues? Or does it start from the very, you know, the first concussion? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a sliding scale that depends on 
you, your genetics, how much trauma you've experienced, circumstantial environmental conditions, like what's going on in your life. Like somebody could have like, somebody could have mental health issues that are just never really fully triggered in their lives. And somebody could go through a tragedy that just happens to trigger the same kind of issues that the other person just had the same issues and they just never was triggered in that way. You know, most of these wrestlers, they all kind of have this because they just had no idea. They're running around slamming their heads into walls and jumping off of shit and landing on their heads. And they just had no, they're like, I'm fine. I didn't die. So I'm fine. And they just had no idea that these things were just slowly destroying their brains. Yeah. I think it's, it's repetitive movement the repetitive constantly banging which is happens in football and happens in wrestling and then also from back in the day it's like they'd be like we'll just shake it off mm-hmm. here's two advil go out there and do it where now they're like okay there's a protocol if you're like mm-hmm. if you have a concussion they go mm-hmm. through a whole thing they'll, they'll even in basketball they'll do that they're like okay you got we got to yank you we got to clear you before you can play again. Mm-hmm. Or before they're like, are you dizzy? Okay, if you're not that dizzy, just go out and play again and you'll be fine. So how can they do preventative work if people, I mean, people are going to continue p- playing football and continue, it's not like they're going to stop playing football or wrestling mm. or whatever it is they love to do. It's a new technology in, the, in their gear. Yeah, the helmets and oh, okay. helmets and the padding. Because yeah. before the padding used to be like just big rectangular blocks on your mm-hmm. body. So they don't like form to your body. So when you hit, the block is like hitting you as it hits the ground. Compared to now, it's like shaped for your body. So when you hit the ground, it's actually protecting your shoulder, protecting your neck, protecting your head, things like that. So it may be smaller but it's more effective. That's really interesting, though, of like, how do you solve that for wrestling? Yeah. That's well, they, weird. They, they, they pro wrestling like things. this entire Yeah, thing. with like yeah. this word, oh, the, whole, it, the whole show of it is like, oh my God, this guy's getting wrecked. Well, they did a couple of changes where like now you can't hit people in the head with chairs anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no shots like that. Uh, you, there are certain moves that are banned. Oh, okay. You know, you can't do them. So, I mean, yes, it's going to happen, but you know, they're working yeah. on things that are allowed and not allowed. Yeah. But ultimately, no matter what technology, I mean, maybe they invent a technology someday that completely solves it and we just have no conception of it right now. But as it stands, you can improve things with these <clears throat> technological advancements. You can improve the gear. You can do these things. But at the end of the day, no matter what, there's nothing that can really be done about it. These these sports are just inherently problematic. Mm-hmm. And the only th- real thing that you could do to prevent it is just disassemble the concept of professional of, football of, yeah. and professional wrestling and just stop doing it. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Virtual reality might get complex enough that we are, we're able to like have live football games inside of a projected. <laughs> I, we could, let's just go to the next. We can go Last story before we go to the break. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, that's it, possible it's possible but like that's i mean that would that would fix the problem right if we could make if we can make virtual reality so realistic that people didn't crave it would fix the problem in terms of the health but it's the same thing with like circuses and how these there's these circuses now that are doing like hologram animals where it's like yes now you've solved the animal cruelty problem but who wants to go to a place and see hologram animals? But again, just stop going to circuses. I, I agree. Stop going to circuses. No, but like I'm saying, like people are making these circuses that are like hologram animals. It's like, but who, I mean, if it's if it's see that if it's if it's good enough, and if it's I like the if, if we can get the technology there, just no more animal act. 
Yeah, or or yeah, or or get rid of animals and just do like clowns yeah. and motorcycle stunts and yeah. things like that. Last story before we go to the break, uh, Will Smith recently said uh, that he was uh, very insecure about Tupac and Jada Pinkett Smith's relationship. Rapper Tupac Shakur and actor Jada Pinkett Smith met in high school and became very close friends throughout the years until Shakur's <laughs> tragic pa- passing. In 1996, Pinkett Smith has opened up several times about their friendship, but now in a recent interview with The Breakfast Club, Will Smith admitted feeling insecure about Tupac. Will was asked if he was ever jealous of the love Jada had for Tupac, to which Will responded, oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Uh, I could never open up to interact with Pac, you know, because we had a little bit of a thing. They grew up together, they loved each other. Uh, but they never had they never had a sexual relationship. But they had come into that age where now that was a possibility. And then Jada was with me. So Pac had a little thing on it, but she just loved him like he was the image of perfection. But she was with the Fresh Prince. Will later revealed that Ew. one of the yeah why did he refer why did he to refer himself? to himself as the Fresh Prince? Because he was the at, Fresh at, Prince. At, at the he was the Fresh. He was, he was a rapper. No, at we the know. Time. He's trying yeah, to say like we know at the that, time, but. They, he was too. Why can't he say he was? He was I get what he's friends. doing. It's but creepy. It's still. I. Yeah. It's still referring to oneself. You're still referring person. to yourself in the third person. Yeah. I think it was, but uh, like Kobe just said, he was just basically saying like he was Tupac and I was the Fresh Prince. It's just like that's oil, not what, oil that's and, not oil what, and water. Read the sentence again. Okay, no, yeah. I, I read. I watched the interview, and he meant he meant to say it like she's with Tupac, this guy that like the entire world loves. And he was the Fresh Prince, like he was like the image of what's next to blow up, and his music was getting Grammy nominated and all this stuff. So he tried to make that comparison of saying we're two great, great ones, but I'm not. For some reason, I feel like I'm not as great as Tupac. Well, and this clarifies the. So the next thing he said. So he later revealed one of the biggest regrets he had was letting his ego get in the way of talking to Tupac. We were in the room together a couple times. I couldn't speak to him. You know, he wasn't going to speak to me if I wasn't going to speak to him. Jaden would say all the time, I'm telling you, y'all are so similar. You will love him. And I just, that was a huge regret of mine. I couldn't handle it. I was the soft rapper from Philly and he was Pac. You know what I mean? I was deeply, deeply insecure and I wasn't man enough to handle that relationship. Mm-hmm. So he's basically saying like, mm-hmm. he was Tupac and I was the Fresh Prince and it just, okay. it could just never happen. It could never work. What if it did work and they could have had like a collab? Yeah. I, there could have been a Tupac and that wouldn't work. That yeah, the, been the, the energy worst, of like a song. the energy of like a Philadelphia rapper and a West Coast rapper. I just I feel well, like he's from Philly at the time. At the time, Tupac no. is not from the West but Coast, it, but he was part I, of that. Yeah, that Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore. You're right. Yeah. Baltimore. He's part. He part of the West Coast sound, like the, yeah. you know, yeah. the so-called gangster rap or but, reality uh, rap sound. Yeah, from, it might have been bad. From that <laughs> interview, I noticed that Will Smith is insecure, just kind of in general, because he was talking about how. He would. He was obsessed with The Rock for a while because as Will Smith's brand started dipping, he started seeing The Rock do billion dollar movie after billion dollar movie, and now he's like obsessed with trying to be The Rock, you know. So there, I think that like he he really did go through. He has to go through that because he wanted to be the Michael Jackson of movies, you know, the biggest ever, and. Uh, I just think overall, he just has to fight through a lot of insecurities. Yeah, maybe he should stop chasing that and just make He's movies not. for the sake of ma- making movies, and maybe he'll climb back on. Well, this is it. This is the new beginning of Will Smith with Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> we tend to review things on this show, nostalgic things. They've usually been relegated to movies, and you say, like, oh, that's just what we do. But, you know, we're a nostalgia podcast. We're not a movie podcast. We're not We're not anything. We're just nostalgia. So this episode, I found these at the store. The concept of them just threw me for a loop. <laughs> so we're going to try these big, chewy nerds. Yeah, doesn't that defeat the purpose of what originally a nerd is? We're going to find out. Ooh, 
doggy doggy do. Oh gosh. Sorry. I'm kind of, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I am. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get myself a little bit of a handful here. Please right. follow Andrew's method of pouring it into your hand rather than putting your grimy little paws in there. Oh, of course. Okay, good. Of course. I'm curious to who that directed to. Everyone in the room, including myself. Okay. I don't know if my hands are clean. She knows she has a problem and she's reminding herself in front of everybody. Yeah. So I should just put my mouth on the bag. Oh, wait. Suck them out of the bag. Don't do that. So you're saying don't do that. I would honestly prefer that to the fingers. Somebody else have a. Yeah, I mean, technically. You're just sucking a lot of yellows. It's still a gross idea, but your mouth is cleaner than your hands. Are you doing one at a time or are you doing just. I mean, you don't eat one nerd at a time. Disgusting. That's true. So I say tally ho. Let's all try this. And before we try it, a common thing that people talk about on podcasts is when you're eating food, don't eat into the mic. Oh, no, people, you definitely don't eat like into that the mic. You, that's ASMR. 100%. Eating into I, the 100% mic. 100% eating into the mic right now. Okay. So we're going to have four yellow, I'm two full maxed. <laughs> <laughs> so how is this chewy? It says big chewy nerds. That's the title. Just yeah. bite into it. But they're crunchy. Just bite they're into cool. it. They're clearly crunchy. Just do it. You're, you're pre-reviewing. Oh, you like one? They're sour. They got a little sour kick. I'm going like all of them at once. I'm sorry. Just have to. Hang on. Oh, ow. God. Todd hates you. We're losing subscribers. <laughs> They're like sour jelly jelly beans. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost. They're good. Ignore the texture for now. Ignore the size. Mm -hmm. Do these taste like nerds? Do they have the flavor of nerds? Where'd you get these? 7-Eleven. I'm going to buy them. They taste like those nerds ropes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember nerds being this sour. Am I wrong? Or are they? Are they? I would. I would like to add. Yeah, they you do. don't they usually eat more than one flavor of nerd at a time, so you are getting an overload of like strawberry, lemon. Didn't yeah, you just you say eat them all at the same time? But you get when you what buy I'm a saying, pack of nerds, it's all one flavor. It's all one flavor. Oh yeah, this that's is multiple right. flavors, so it's yeah. gonna be hard to tell if it's like spot on. But it does exactly taste like the rope, uh, the ropes. I like them a lot. <laughs> of course, they're really good. I'm pretty happy with it. I said this before, and I'll curse you all with this thought. You'll never think of nerds rope the same after you've played with a little kid with a runny nose in a sandbox. <laughs> what? Whenever you're, when you are at the park with your son, and he has a runny nose, and you get in the sandbox, you're never going to think about a nerds rope the same again. Back, back to the nerds. Are these really giant compared to a nerd? Comparatively, they don't say giant; like, they say big. Okay, okay. So I, I think corrected. that's fair. I stand corrected. I'm a really big fan of them. I like them. Yeah, I think they capture more than a nerd. They capture the experience of a nerd's rope in a small, bite-sized thing because you have the crunch of the nerd, and then you have the chew of the nerd's rope stuff. I would prefer it if it weren't chewy. I would like it the same as the nerd, where there's that just wreck your teeth crunch. You're an insane. I mean, person. you just. You're, you're, you don't have a sophisticated texture palette. <laughs> that, that texture is what makes it. The crunch with the chew, that handoff. Agree to disagree. Oh, I know. I want to go old school, original, OG, hurt my teeth. I would be curious mm -hmm. to see like a true large, large nerd. nerd yeah, that would be fun. I, uh, <laughs> I a broke a tooth nerd? on a, on a box of nerds once. Well, you don't, but you were we don't the, chew the box. You were chewing the box though. Fuck. Yeah. I got to call my dentist. <laughs> yeah. You don't like them, Julie? I, d I don't like candy. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think actually the the um, because I don't like candy, that's how I was able to compare it to Nerds Ropes because I haven't had candy in such a long time that it was just stored in in a box. You were in born my on brain. the 
opposite shift of the moon than Kelby and I. You guys were both born in January slash February, right? Is that correct? I was born in February. Yeah, and and you're January, right? He's born in February. 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 I knew it was one of those. I smell birthday party. I'm on a diet. We can have fruit for your birthday. Ah, that works. We can have flavored things. Steamed vegetables. Maybe, uh, these are really perfect. these are really good. Yeah, yeah they're, really they're fantastic. fantastic. Go For a number of reasons. Fine. They they're almost like they have like a little bit of the of the appeal of the nerd. They have the nerd's rope yeah. quality. They almost kind of like have like a little bit of a skittle type quality to they them. Definitely. Yeah. Skittles are better. No. Yeah. No. Skittles are trash. Skittles are wait, no, no, I can't have any more. Yeah, yeah. No, no. These are way uh, better than Skittles. I, wait, didn't, wait. I didn't even really want to I'm not leaving these. this break room until I finish this bag of Skittles. They're almost, there's just Is about one or two left. Yep. From when? That's a tweet oh. that you posted years ago. Oh, I that's mean, that's all during, during your first week of working at Macy's. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that's definitely all about the not wanting to go to work, not about the I love Skittles so much. <laughs> Do you like it when someone quotes your tweets from years ago back to you? I love it. Good. Love it so much. It's actually kind of charming because... To me, when you tweet something, I don't think anybody reads them. I read Tyler's tweets. Oh, Tyler's tweets. Who do you follow on Twitter? I don't use Just Twitter. Me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just me. Oh. Just Tyler. I follow Mark Marin and only Mark Marin. That's the only person. Unpopular opinion. I could give two less shits. That's fine. I have a very specific reason for why I like Mark Marin. Why? Yeah, it's kind of a requires long explanation. Never mind. But it I retract. Centered around one reason. Yeah. <laughs> You're hinting at there's a possibility that you could tell us what it is. He's a daddy. Gotcha. No. What is it? I have to see what he looks like. It, he's, <laughs> no, he's, kind of, he's a little bit of a daddy. But is that what it is? Is it, is no, it a sexual thing? Like no, it's not. <laughs> then what is it's, it? It's because he's. I honestly don't think he's that funny, but he's refreshingly himself. He's refresh. He. It's like he can't help. You don't know but Mark Maron. Stop wow. mansplaining <laughs> yeah. things to her. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. I have never seen this face in my life. You've never Weird. seen Mark Maron before. He's ever? like one of the most popular. He's like podcasters basically the that godfather right of why podcasts are Is so he huge. Hispanic? No, no, no he's, he's Jewish. Jewish. Oh. He's from my he's stomping grounds, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Is he an actor too? Or? Hey, kind of. Well, he's in Glow. He was a stand-up comic. He's great in Glow. He basically middled, plays himself yeah, in Glow. He, <laughs> he middled as kind of like a lesser known stand-up comic that never quite broke through for years. He did like random TV shit. Mm-hmm. Then he started his podcast, got super popular from that. It's the number one podcast Still? ever. Yeah, Obama went on the show. Um, and then he oh, yeah. parlayed that into an acting career. So he had his show, Mark. Uh, he had a show, Marin, that was on IFC. Good show. He's on Glow. You've seen him. Great you watch Glow. I hate I it, watch Glow. Oh, you don't watch Glow? I watched. Oh, it's Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched three episodes of Marin and I... Hated was great. I like that he doesn't raise his voice either. Not that much affects him. And I really like that when people are like, man, you created this podcast that really started this podcast renaissance. He's just kind of like, well, I really didn't have any work and somebody asked me to do this and then this happened. And he's just, he doesn't say it like, yeah, he doesn't try to play it up. He's just like, yeah, I had nothing going on. So this <laughs> happened by chance. Yeah. And I like that. Well, for somebody like him, I mean, I don't know if this detracts from what you're saying, but also a, a, a secondary thing is like, no matter how successful he gets at being a podcaster, at the end of the day, it's not quite what he wanted to be successful at. No. It's like, it's imagine if you wanted to one day create a TV show and become really successful for ha- being like this great creator of a TV show. And then you get famous for like, eating bread on Instagram or whatever yeah. and you get really famous for it but you're at the you're always going to be like ah but this is not what I wanted to I be recognized for it seems for. like he's not that bothered by it 
he still yeah. gets to do what he wants to do, <clears throat> yeah. which is, and he's honest about all of his mistakes and all of his flaws. I just like honesty, I guess. Was he bigger than Joe Rogan? He no, he's not that big. Oh, oh, you mean in terms of fame? <laughs> <laughs> now we know that the daddy part is yeah, a factor. Oh, Gosh. Yeah, um, you, you thought it was was he swole? He's dad. No, he, no, he's no, got dad body. Like his, uh, like who he is. Hundred percent. He's the number one podcast yeah. ever. But not I, just in comedy category. I think in in the sphere of stand up comedy, he's not as big as Joe Rogan. But no. in podcasts, yeah, he's definitely he's the biggest. Okay. And yeah. every I think everybody will everybody's had a podcast will reference his podcast. If or if if they're kind of around him or if it comes up, it just like as we're must, doing right now. Yes, it yeah. must be referenced at some point. Really? So I have, I don't know. Who that it's is. called WTF. WTF <laughs> with Mark Barron. Okay. Final scores on the <laughs> giant nerds. Or like one out of ten. I should have said speaking of giant nerds, fuck. <laughs> Fuck. God damn Just it. do it and Todd will edit it. Oh yeah. It wouldn't be I wouldn't be honest. Uh, play us in again, Julia. Say it all. I, Say I, after, exactly. after everything what that Julia just all, said. All of what you just I said couldn't exactly allow said. that. Uh, I don't want to disappoint her. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. North Hollywood. A one out of ten. <laughs> uh I'm gonna give it six point nine. Nice. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight. Cause I ate them. Seven. <laughs> after all that? After I don't like candy? Give it a higher score than Kirk. <laughs> it reminded me of Nerds Rope, so it was it's actually strangely enough, purely for the nostalgia See? of the Nerds Rope. See, yeah, really good. Because I remember, because it just brought me back to this compartmentalized memory of getting Nerds Ropes and going to see a movie. Yeah. So yeah. It, that's what it was an experience. What a terrible I mean, thing to go perfect. take to a movie, though. What Ta- Nerds Ta- Rope comes <laughs> in like a it, it, in a. In a box or in a like little container with plastic around it, you can't hold the nerd rope the entire time because your hands get sticky. So you gotta crunch the wrapper every time okay, you want to bring it out. Like a banana. You what are you talking un- about? You're crazy. You guys you are crazy. How did you go- as you're going? First of all, you can hold. If you it unwrap it as you're going, sticky. you make noise during. It doesn't the whole make movie. your hands sticky. What are you th- licking your hands before or you hold you it? Hold what are you not it? licking your hands before you hold it? I think you just have sweaty palms, but you can. <laughs> Have a napkin in between. Well, you can. There's so many solutions. Games so you get called out <laughs> for your sweaty palms. I'm not saying it's wrong. All right. It's well, okay. that's that's our cry. score of the <laughs> giant chewy nerds. A couple last stories to wrap up the show before we end it. One million moms recently criticized a Burger King commercial for using the D word, and I and I and I brought this up because it's such a funny story, but also you know one million moms is nostalgic because they were you know their heyday was back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, uh, just being like a, I mean, they're they're like a conservative group, so they, oh, you know, they just oh. they talk. They anytime anything unChristian happens yeah. in pop culture, Video they games, freak out. Music. Um, I thought it was like a million individual people. No, oh. it's it, as a matter of fact. Uh, I mean, they used to be much bigger, but now they've sort of like there's not even a thousand people in the organization. There's less oh, than wow. a thousand people, uh, so it's not a million moms, and many of them are not women, but they're a conservative organization classified as an anti-LGBTQ hate group by the government. They There was a commercial for Burger King recently where they had a bunch of live reactions to like eating the Impossible Whopper, and one of the guys just goes, damn, that's good. And they're like, "One uh, Burger King is destroying the sanctity of, of the innocence of our society for saying damn. Yeah. The D word. The D word. Exactly. So yeah, I guess Burger King's canceled. Yeah. 
Burger King's canceled. After a long day of first. hating the LGBTQ, I have forgotten to make my dinner, and now I can't take my kids to Burger King. You can always go to Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> they got the. You meat. wouldn't catch Arby's saying the D word in their commercials. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't just say unless it was afford. delicious. Oh. that D word. They can't afford commercials. They coat it with meat <laughs> and horse so dick because they yeah. serve that. Uh, Mark Paul Goss. How do you even say Mark Paul Gossler? Gossler, there we go. Mark Paul Gossler will return as Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell revival after all. Literally, episode one of Nostalgia Cast, we talked about how they were doing a reboot of Saved by the Bell, but for whatever reason, Zach Morris wasn't going to be in it. And in fact, he was sort of like an off-screen villain where he's like the mayor of the city and he puts some kind of regulation that ends up like defunding all these low-income schools so all the low-income kids have to come and go to this like really nice school, Bayside. He was just going to be kind of an off-camera character that never, like it just gets referenced but is actually on, on the show. But now, you know, possibly they were planning on doing this the entire time or possibly in response to the backlash, he's now not only signed on to do the show but he's also an executive producer <laughs> on the show now. Of course he is. He oh, should. that's why he wasn't going to be. They weren't going to let him be one. Superman and Lois and Walker Texas Ranger reboots have been ordered to series at the CW. They've done some pilots for a new Superman and Lois show uh, star- starring Tyler Hecklin and Elizabeth Tullock. Oh, thumbs down um, from Todd. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look great as a Superman. You got um, your Superman and, uh, in the crisis. Get out of here. And Walker, Texas Ranger. What are you? Are you a... Uh, you're a... Um, Smallville fan. Oh, Smallville. I thought you were, I thought you were a uh, Brandon Roth. I love uh, Ralph. Brandon Ralph. Brandon Ralph was great he as was Superman. Oh, this guy, Superman. Tyler Hucklin, he looks like Superman. He does. He's got, like, the face. Yeah, he looks good. He was in, uh, if anybody watched... George Wolf, Reeves the show. is the only true uh, Superman. George Reeves? Yeah, you oh, just yeah. don't Sorry. even... Just Sorry. leave me alone. What about... <laughs> leave me alone. I <laughs> God, I can't remember the uh, the other Superman's name. Who wanted to... Uh, wow. No, old, old... old Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Christopher Reeves. Reeves, sorry. So, yeah, they, they did pilots for these two shows, and uh, the Walker, Texas Ranger show is starring... Starring Jared Padalecki from mm. Supernatural and mm. Gilmore Girls. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, I had some, you know, both audiences. Uh, and now they've been ordered a series. So th- those series are coming to the CW. The Plymouth from Christine is up for auction. So if you want to own the car from the iconic 1983 horror movie, Christine, you can go bid for it. You know what's really weird? The car that Tupac got shot in is up for auction too. Whoa. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah that's it's crazy. Bob Givens, the designer of Bugs Bunny, has passed away at the age of ninety-nine. Wow, uh, he was that's part of the he was part of the original key mem- uh, team of animators who created Bugs Bunny Wait, and Elmer Fudd. So he passed away just in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow, that's quite. That's like the frame, the bookends of that lifespan are yeah. pretty incredible. Seriously, yeah. I mean, he's pretty much he. Everybody else involved with those cartoons is dead. Like yeah. he's he was like literally the End only surviving person. Wow, ninety nine. It's a good life. All right. I mean, well. Mel Blanc is long dead. Shozo Uhara, writer of Ultraman and Japanese Spider Man, has also passed away at eighty two. Um, he was the main writer for Ultraman, which is a uh, sort of like the proto Tokusatsu show, long running Japanese live action fighter show. He was he was the the main writer, the original writer on Ultra Q. And Sentai Goranger, known as Five Rangers in the West, uh, passed away. A legendary Japanese tokusatsu uh, writer. Final story. So recently, Burt Ward, 
who played Robin in the original 1960s Batman show alongside Adam West's Batman, was recently given a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. And for all of you out there who think that the Hollywood Walk of Fame stars mean anything, I'm here to tell you right now, all you have to do to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is get a petition signed by a certain number of people and then pay for it. Yeah, you got to pay for it yourself. That's all you have to do. Yeah. You just have to get like whatever it is. 2,000 people to sign yeah. a petition or whatever the number is. That's all you have yeah. to do. But it is expensive. And it's expensive. Oh and they have to approve so it. So it basically yeah. means nothing. That's a shameful all right, but, process. But you have we... to get it. You have to want it yourself. Nobody's yeah. awarding you a star. No one's yeah. Yeah. You could do yeah, it, no you could do it, it for someone, though. Like, you could start yeah. a petition to oh, get okay. someone on there. You could do it for someone, but yeah. But, but do they still have to pay for it even if you do it for well, someone? Well, if you start a petition like that, usually you have backers that that are helping you. Okay. But in in addition to uh, being given the Hollywood Walk of Fame star, in the process of being interviewed and talking about this, Burt Ward revealed some crazy shit. (laughs) So according to him, during the run of the Batman series, which ran on ABC, the executives at ABC were concerned because in a more conservative time, they thought that his package was too large and protruding for his spandex tights. So, you know, they're running around in these spandex tights <coughs> in front of families across the country, and these executives were very concerned that they didn't want Burt Ward's waving around his big package in front of all these families. So their answer to that was that they they told him that if he wanted to stay on the show, he had to take penis-shrinking pills. Oh. How old is this guy? What a line. At this point, he's in his 80s. Something like that. He yeah. is 74. Oh, yeah. It just sounds too much like a chat up, like a pickup line. Like I, he goes to bars yeah. and goes, I'm in that show. He's like, and they, they make me take these pills because it's too big. Like it was a burden. Like, oh, yeah. man. It's just, well, he, do those exist? Do that's not a thing. No. They probably I mean, they they could have just made him wear like thicker underwear. So it's like more boxier. Well, so what happened was <clears throat> they, they told him he had to take these pills and he took them one time. And then after he took them the first time, he just went, fuck this. I'm not doing this. Because he, he was scared that it was going to like make him sterile and he wasn't going to be able to have kids. So he went back to them and he said, I can't do this. And so they ended up just hiding it with his, with his cape. But the cape's on the back. I don't know what that means, but that's what he said. <laughs> that's why I'm like, uh, it's sir, like whenever I cry foul. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Bert, man. He said, I took them for three days and then I decided that they can probably keep me from having children. I stopped doing that and I just used my cape to cover it. He also humble took break. a shot at that's Adam. a huge humble brag. He took a shot at Adam West also by saying, uh, so they thought that Robin had a very large bulge for television, but with Adam... He didn't have that problem. Oh. They had to actually put towels in his undershorts to make it bigger. We're going to take our star back. Just take I, <laughs> This whole last story makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... The, he, it's I can't just, tell whether he's lost it or he's been sitting on that for such a long time and he's he wants to like mm-hmm. regain something about himself. He's yeah. Trying, I, I can't he's tell He's trying what's to get going. it lit on social None of that yeah. checks out. It's, it's not so... Sad. So it... To me, it kind of checks out where like I would not be surprised if this was true because it was the 60s and just shit like this. Yeah. Number one, it was a way more conservative time. Number two, people were way more exploitative and they could just make you do things and you just kind of had to do it or else they would fire you and you had no protections. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was true, but I would also 100% not be surprised if in a week he just was like, oh, I was joking. Yeah. I could. I would believe either way. I have a big problem with the the dick shrinking pills. I That's mean, not. I, but okay. it was the '60s, so it might not have. They might not have been real. It might have just yeah. been like some quack it, medication <laughs> that people thought worked. The article does say prescribed. 
They were prescribed. Yeah, but that but that, that it was the sixties. People <laughs> package doctors yeah, didn't package. know shit. Like that's true. He's. I mean, is he really? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not bad. That's not. I mean, bring it closer. It's it's obvious. You can. There's an outline there. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't hate it. <laughs> you so next time you're watching the you're 1960s Batman show, just look for yeah. the package. Thank you for listening. If you like the show and you haven't already done it, then please subscribe. If you have a friend that you think would enjoy our show, then share it with them and ask them to subscribe. If you want to learn more about us or see the type of nostalgic content we do on a daily basis, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Nostalgia, the official Nostalgia Facebook page. You can also join our Facebook group, which is also the official Nostalgia Facebook group. You can search those things on Facebook. Like the page and join the group to continue seeing cool nostalgic content we put out and also get updates and news about our podcast. Um, and other podcasts that we're doing. If you have a question, uh, thought, or anything that you might want read on the show, you can email us at nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. And if you want to support us in a more monetary way, you can go to our Facebook page. At the top, there's a button that says Become a Supporter. If you click that button, for $4.99 a month, you can pay uh, to become a fan of, the sh of our page and our show. And uh, in addition to supporting us, you can also get access to exclusive content that nobody else can see, such as bonus episodes of the podcast, videos, or anything else that we have not yet decided upon. Thanks for listening. Thank you.